Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. We're back. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. That is me. Oh my God, I can't believe we're back <laughs> doing it. Uh, before yeah. we kick off, I want, thank, we, yeah, one, I want to thank people for uh, tuning in on Saturday Night Gone for the Thomas House 10 thing. Me, Helmet and Kev done a couple of hours DJing yeah. in, the, in the middle of the night, the middle of the night. Um, we, went, we went walking in our sleep. And, um, <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks to everybody for tuning into that. And as we said on our social media a couple of weeks ago, we uh, it's not going to work out just doing shows every week. We probably could, but they wouldn't be great. So for the time yeah. being, we're going to do them pretty much every second week or whenever we can, as often as we can, so they're better. Yeah. So they're better. We're than talking. Just we're us. talking fucking weeks here, lads. Every second week rather than every second month. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to be waiting too long. And when things settle down, because I'm back in work and my hours are, are insane, helmets and work and his shifts kind of change from week to week as well. So it's not like we can nail down a time. Once Fucking everything, hard. It's, hard, real, lads. It's, it's, it's difficult. So once everything real settles life, down. Real life has come back to kick the whole off us. Yeah, exactly. So uh, once things settle down and we have a proper schedule and we're able to sit down together, um, probably in the pub but wherever sit down have a few beers and uh, we can start pumping out what we were doing before at least one show a week if not two and um, more for the patreons that we okay so the show on saturday um was supposed to be recorded like video recorded and we were supposed to have a copy of it that we could put up on our patreon and the, uh, an accident happened and it wasn't recorded um there's an audio version of it, but not a video version of it. And that's not much use to anybody, really. It's mm-hmm. just a load of music. Because um, there was loads of tomfuckery happening on the videos as well. So, I don't... Th- as far as I know, it wasn't recorded. There was a button not pressed on the computer. Um, I mean, there's parts parts of that night that's probably that's for the best. Probably for the best. Especially by the end of it. I was on fire. And uh, didn't even open the pub the next day. That's how bad how bad we were. <laughs> it was also I pissing rain. But I had great I, I fun doing we- it. I think we all played great sets as well. It has to be said. It was fun. It was fun. Bar, it wasn't actually, we were having trouble with one turntable and it turns out it wasn't a turntable, it was the mixer. Turntable really? was fine. Yeah, it was channel two and that mixer is acting the bollocks because um, it, it was, was happening it with was, CDs as well. It was painful because, was. Uh, because when I put that fucking track, that uh, Run The Jewels track, it just went, yeah. it just shit I was like, bed. Oh, I was really looking forward to getting that, like, because yeah. that song punches in, like exactly. all that song. Yeah, I had one or two there as well that just shot the bed and had to be just had to be killed. We also started the show late because all the default settings on the computer just disappeared, and it tried to broadcast in 4K, and it was and it was trying to do this (laughs) on like Wi-Fi. And basically uh, you would have got one frame per half hour yeah, yeah it was brutal it was brutal so we had to we had to fix that on the fly and we'd already started drinking I'm not going to start I'm not going to lie I started <laughs> drinking about 9 o'clock about 9 o'clock that evening starving people I was like fuck this shit it was the busiest night we've had since we reopened of course it did couldn't give me a nice handy night when uh, loads of stuff to do after work as well had to be full blown <laughs> batshit and uh, now in, in saying that great fun loads of people came down everybody was cool um it was nice to see people. People came down for the tenth birthday, just have a few drinks. Uh, loads of people looking up. Can we stick around for the show later? We had to turf everybody out. Get yeah, the that was annoying because even you, we were like, "Fuck, man, we'd love to have you in." Yeah, it was all. All it takes is a call from the neighbours. That's all. Gone. Just one, Gone. Um, one prick, just live stream, you know, from his oh. phone, or take photos of him in a room with bleeding twenty people drinking and smoking and having the crack, and that's it's all. It's all over. It's done. And realistically, downstairs had. 
I know it's normally big enough, but it's uh, it's it's full of your your all the gears are using to do do the place up. So yeah. it's not wouldn't have yeah. been being safer. No. Like it's that, it's like know. a set on a horror film is what it's like. It's it's grim, <laughs> like bit of ceilings caved in and all. It's in bits at the moment. But anyway, we're back now, and we're gonna do is a little show, a little show show, and uh, something that yeah. we were supposed to be doing two weeks ago, and we're gonna get around to it now. How about that? What's it called? Yeah. Tell me. It is called Remixed and yeah. we have decided to um, go with not our favorite remixes, actually remixes that are more pop for the most yes. part, more popular than the original. Yep. And for the first time, honestly, might be the, your first time hearing the original on this. Uh, yeah, a lot of people think yeah. of them because yeah. some of them it's genuinely the first time I heard them. I know knew them to be famous remixes, and yeah. I went, you know what? I don't know what way the original of that really goes. Uh, so I, I I went through a good few. I actually changed ninety percent of my list today. Okay, I had a different list that I just felt the songs people wouldn't have known the remixes mm. or the originals. I think so we're just gonna think, gonna play like a minute from the start yeah. of all them. Maybe it's probably easier. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but uh, I, I, some of the ones I picked were like my favorite remix that were better. But I'm like, it's not going to be an interesting concept. But people go, yeah. okay, I don't have any frame of reference for what the original was. And then I exactly. play the original and they go, okay, well, on the fly, I will say that's better. So yeah, I picked ones yeah. that well, hopefully my, my angle was to uh, to show that they're all obviously slower originals. Yes, 90%. definitely. definitely. And uh, some of them are just more musical in terms of like ideas. Like you can tell that so many of these on my end anyway where DJs who sort of vanillaized, they yeah. put a beat on it and it became very vanilla. Yeah. But they're, they're bangers though. But then the originals, you listen to go, shit, there's so much more going on. In the oh original. yeah, definitely. A lot of these are just kind of, cl- just kind of box standard club remixes. Yeah. Just have that I had big, a, unst, unst kind of running through. Yeah. I had a, I had a look at uh, like the, I don't know if you've ever, you might you want to talk about this. And if you do know, but it's, you'll definitely know more than I do about like the uh, origins of remixing. Uh, I, um, I know a little bit. I know a little bit, I was, but not enough to talk about. Reading about was um, it started with Jamaican DJs yeah. who would change the EQ while they were playing uh, records to uh. suit the different crowds who are more into like bass heavy stuff. Uh. And they would change change speeds as well as that. And then they decided that this could be done in the studio. Mm. So people like Lee Scratch Perry would actually remove layers for different audiences. Mm. So, certainly, like, like again, the bass heavy thing, but because he had access to all of his own samples or yeah, layers yeah. and stuff like that, he would go, well, this version would suit this crowd and this dance floor better. It's all about dance floors. Yeah. And then Cool Herc, who uh, saw this growing up then in New York, took that idea and then would do the thing that you talked about before with hip hop DJs, where they would buy two copies of the same record yep. so that they could extend the break section, yep. which was just a bit to kind of build it up and build it up and build it up and uh the get down part i think they call it the is it is it break the, the break the break it will be what musically it's called um but the, right the oh DJs yeah yeah it oh i get you i get you yeah yeah so th- th- this mixed with this and making more dance floor friendly versions and kind of like taking the energetic part of a song mm. and extending it Mixed with that and what the Jamaican DJs and producers did sort of gave birth to remixes. And the first most sort of commercially successful remix was Patrick Cowley's remix of Donna Summer's I Feel Love, mm. which was when people realized little, little, there's little, little, little. money. 
So he added kind of more, uh, he gave it a bit more life. If you listen to the two of those back to back, he gave it a bit more life because th- his one has like the bass doubled, which yeah. instantly gives it a more danceable feel. Yeah. And it has more loops in it to give it a bit more movement in certain mm, sections mm. of the song. So uh, I was going to, ones that, that might look like massive omissions for me are Little Nas X, Old Town Road remix. Yeah. We can't pick that fucking song again. <laughs> I think it's in seven <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. For different reasons. And yes. it's great. And it's it's it's, an, it's probably one of the most fantastic examples of a song that's more popular in remix form. But yes. we can't talk about it again. People will tell us to shut up. Um, I had on this... Uh, Be There by Ian Brown and Uncle because that mm. song was released as an instrumental uh, and I, I, I couldn't figure out what happened with that song because it's one of the most amazing reversions of a song and I, mm. I guess it is remixed if you add a vocal layer to it because that song has like that album has Richard Ashcroft and Tom York mm. and I wondered did they ask Ian Brown can you do a song for us and he never got back to them and they just released the thing and then he went oh no I, I did that thing for you and they're like the album's out mate so they released a single with that on it, with the mm. instrument, with the vocal version, and I was going to pick that, but I went, "It's not really a remix. Mm. That's just a, a vocal version." So, yeah. anyway, without further ado, we will go into your first um, yep. remix. That I think, by looking at it, is definitely one of the most famous, yeah. more popular than the original ones. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the first one I picked was "Corner Shop" with "Brimful of Asha." Uh, so the most famous one, the one everybody knows. Um, and they might not even know it's a remix because uh, it was just played on the radio and a lot of the time when it was played on the radio they just say that was a corner shop a brim full of asha it was Norman Cook it was Fatboy Slim's remix of it uh, yeah. the original of it is it's much slower um, it's much slower it's uh, sang in a different key because Norman Cook messed with it it's got uh, it's a bit more not straightforward because the remix to be honest with you is pretty much the same thing looped over and over and over and do you know what again. the gas thing is sometimes these remixes are just things where they go you know what we need this song needs a bit more life if yeah we're that, that's, for that's pretty so much it the best remixes don't fuck too much with the flow of the song yeah I mean this uses Norma Cook's remix of it uses pretty much all the the main vocals the guitar loop all that kind of stuff you know he just throws his normal yeah. normal Cook kind of like whoa, 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 kind of shite that he does on everything you know yeah. um, he throws yeah, yeah. it on there so no, he does actually he does actually do like yeah. that rising <laughs> yeah he loves that he throws that into everything like um, so uh, Corner Shop formed in uh, 1991 uh, released this song was originally released in 1997, but they've been doing the rounds for for a couple of years. They were they were kind of heralded as kind of they, they were one of the bands that like Melody Maker and Spin Magazine and stuff like that were like these guys are going to be huge because they're different. You know, they're all kind of Indian Indian guys. Yeah. Their name is kind of a play on the corner shop in England. You know, where it's run by Indians. Um, it's I think they had one album that done okay. And the album that this came out on, it was called When I Was Born for the Seventh Time, which was produced by the singer we called uh, D- Tejinder Singh and Dandy Automator, which is weird. Right. Dandy Automator yeah. was the producer on this He's album. He's worked with absolutely everybody. Yeah, you know what? crazy. I, I, I hated this song when it first came out with a burning, burning passion. I hated it till I heard the original. And, and, um, like, I think I, I got like a three-month period of like, do you ever hear the original song much better? And now I'm like, fuck the original. <laughs> like, I, love, I love when you're in your 20s and you start yeah. throwing them out. Uh, people like, yeah. yeah, man, don't care. Just throwing musical shapes out like a bastard. Like, <laughs> um, They ended up getting signed to David Bourne's Luwaka Bop label. 
They had toured the USA, they done Lollapalooza, they toured Europe with Beck, Oasis, Stereo Lab, a bunch of other ones. And in 1998, Norma Cook, aka Fatboy Slim, released this remix. Um, the original version made it, like the original, original version from 1997 made it to number 60 in the UK charts. And the remix yeah. just fucking number one for forever like just it was it, 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 you know like it's mad back then in the 90s um it happens all the time with dance music so this doesn't really count for dance mm. music but a band would go straight to number one before you ever even heard of them oh yeah like the, the back in the day even even until the late 90s there was bands releasing just singles there was no albums the singles weren't even yeah, off albums like you know like like this is a perfect example of never ever heard of this band in my life and now they're number one Oh yeah yeah absolutely and it seemed to happen in the 90s and 2000s a whole lot and it's it's obviously a, a big thing with one hit wonders which i'm sorry but Cornish yeah Alaska. forget it like and it's not even there we fucking hate it's, it's Norman <laughs> cooks god help um yeah there was there was so much of that like as well you have to i mean we have to remember we we lived through it that there were there were so many fucking bands in the 90s and unless you were like you you probably have to be a music journalist to to like appreciate and know most of them like you have to be going out to different clubs every night listening to every cd that comes across the desk every tape like yeah, the 90s yeah. the 90s was a difficult enough time to get a hold of music you know um we're they talking kind of nobody could fit it was jesus christ they went from the 80s right where everyone knew what they were doing you had yeah. a synthesizer music or you had rock music yeah and in the 90s just there was so many things coming out there was yeah. electronic music there was stuff that mixed rock and electronic yeah. like prodigy it yeah. was grunge jesus christ like the 90s yeah it's just an, an explosion of genres amazing it was yeah. exactly yeah i'm gonna play a little bit of the norma cook remix this is the one again that everybody knows if you don't know this you're, you are probably born in fucking 2005 or something like that and you probably don't listen to this play. podcast and <laughs> your older sister no, we, or your we, dad got, i think we've gotten i think we've got more and more younger people listening to this uh, how do you do fellow kids um <laughs> <laughs> do your knees hurt too um, this is this is uh, the Norman Cook version of, of Brimful of Ashes So that's the one everybody knew. Uh, everybody knows that fucking song. Like you have to know that yeah. song. You just it's, have I've to. Warmed, I've warmed. I've warmed to it. I, 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 I give it a pass now. I got lucky because I didn't hear it for like twenty years, and then I was driving last week and I came on the radio and I didn't hate it anymore because it. I'd taken a break. My brain went twenty years without it, and uh, it was fine. I'm gonna play a little bit of the original one. You'll get yeah. the idea what the difference is here. Uh, again, this meant the number sixty. I think they they tried to re-release it a couple of years ago, the original version of it. I don't know what it is. I don't know don't think it done too well either. <laughs> 
it's so alien that that one sounds like the remix. All it does is sound like someone put it on the wrong setting on the record yeah, player. Pretty much, his voice sounds better because it's not modulated. It's going to sound higher. exactly. His voice sounds yeah. great in comparison. Yeah. It sounds really like way more deep and chill. Yeah, it sounds proper, like you know. Well, the, obviously the normal Coke one is gone for that kind of club effect, you know. But anyway, listen, <clears throat> we have a lot of stuff to get through with this podcast. So that's a uh, corner shop, a brimful of Asha. Uh, it, it was definitely more successful. Whether it's better or not, I don't know. As I said, I love Fatboy Slim, the first couple of albums in particular. But he's a swine for leaning into that, that fucking... Kind of <laughs> lippy, bloppy, and every every toward, like, toward bar, there's some sort of weird just jangle sample that he kind of lays down on top. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets painful after a while, it's, but anyway. Yeah, it's it's almost like, a, I know it's coming. <laughs> he has a formula, God help him, but... Uh, yeah. It's a killer formula. It's a bit, it's a bit, he's a bit long in the tooth for now. He was fucking old when I was young and he's still trying to bleed and get raves going in Brighton or wherever the fuck <laughs> um, on beaches randomly. Uh, who's your first one? My first one is uh, Bring It Back, Sing It... No, Sing It Back. Sing It Back, Bring It Back, Bring mm. It Back, Sing It Back by Maloko, um, who is, you know, uh, fronted by Roisin Murphy, who's from Wicklow. Wicklow. A lot of people think... Yeah, a lot of people know that she's Irish, but they think, mm. like, must be Dublin. It's not. It's Arklow. Um, she's from Arklow. Yeah, yeah. I got fully naked yeah. in a club in Arklow once. A club called you The get, Tunnel. You... <laughs> wow. It's called The Tunnel. It was around the time that, like, the Full Monty was a big deal, and they used to get lads up on stage to do the Full Monty every night, and you get free shots if you've done the Full Monty. And I was like, all right, yeah. And then I had to sleep in the, in the doorway. Where? Where were the picket signs outside saying that was degrading? No, I'm just kidding. There was, there was none of that. that. That night I threw a bag of chips at the chipper next door because they were poxy and I had to sleep in the doorway because there was one taxi driver in all of our club. That's how long ago this was. Oh, you know what? I've been to places in Ireland where there's one taxi man and he has to do lots of runs. Yeah. It's madness. Yeah, it's craziness. It's madness. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Wicklow, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll get on to Todd Terry later, but Maloko wanted to get Todd Terry in to do a remix as they had done for an artist we will be speaking about mm. later. Probably should have organised this better, but I wanted to start with this one. Um, she didn't like his remix, so they went oh. with someone called Boris Jlugosh. Mm. And when you hear... This is a phenomenal dance song. Mm. I've always thought it was brilliant. And it makes sense that it didn't start out as what it is. So if you give people a quick bash of the... The one we know, the sing okay. it back that we know, uh, it's a fantastic dance song. Okay. take our leave that guitar sound but when that bass comes in it's like that is so delicious the smell um, of fucking hen night off that man it's, it's, uh, it's no, you know what, you know what, i think it's a i know what you're saying <laughs> but 
to be honest with you, I think there's a lot more going on. Her voice is stellar. Yeah, it's great. Stellar. I think she gets underrated amongst Irish people a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, including probably us, but I mean, we do what we can, man. We do what we can. You're here now. You know I mean? Twice. Yeah, you're here now. Uh, <laughs> so, when this was released in 1999, it reached number one in the US dance chart. Mm. And obviously, I think it went to number one in England as well. Um, as a form of barter for the remix, Roshi and Morphy later co-wrote and appeared on Boris, Boris D, we're going to call him, I think it was his, yeah. uh, his single Never Enough, oh. um, because that must have raked in the money. And Maloko weren't huge before that, they were huge mm-hmm. after it. And it really f- gave Sean a spotlight on Maloko, because Roshi and Morphy really is more than what I remember from this song. The more, mm. Like, she's still releasing great songs. Every now and then, I don't know, Nyla <laughs> or something will put it up, or someone else will put it up, and I'll have a listen, and I'll go, Jesus, that's deadly. Because we're going to listen now to the original, which okay. has a very different feel. If you want to cut in a little bit, maybe further on than the, then, I don't know, like, maybe not the intro, because I, I, I can't I think the intro goes on for quite a bit, but... But uh, just listen, and it's you'll know the bones of the song, but it does feel like a more artistic version of it uh, before it was uh, re-wrapped for the dance floor. certainly very different yeah it sounds like a remix of what we know it's mad isn't it it's mad how you like your brain just accepts the remix as the real one it reminds me of like he lies i follow rivers and the Mm. magician remix of it when you go back you hear this much more something in the vein of bjork yeah that has been turned into a dance floor and this, the thing when they remix it is they don't take any chances because they can't. The song needs to be a dance floor hit. Yeah. They can't veer off. They can't. Um, they can't even fuck the beats up a little bit because that that on the dance floor it'd be basically like a skip on a CD yeah. where the whole dance floor turns around and looks at you like it was you. There's a few so there's a few songs I've played in clubs that do that recently in more mm. like. Uh, Dutch producers do thrown in these like and look around like me like I fucked up I'm like that's in the song lads mm. I don't know what to tell you but yeah this is much more uh, God I love that version I absolutely love it now that I've heard mm. it I only heard it the other day when I was researching this because like Jesus I can't remember it and I don't know if I've ever heard it mm. and there it is it's uh, it's fantastic so 
That's Roisin Murphy and Maloko with Bring It Back, the original Deadly. one, and the Boris D remix. Who's your next one? My next one is Run the MC with It's Like That Helmet. Definitely. It's this is like gotta be, that. It's got to be possibly. Is it the most famous one? <sighs> it's up there. I, th- I think, no. I think the other one might be. Um, I'm pointing at something that you can't see. Fucking Asia. <laughs> I swear to God. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, what, what is, oh, oh, yeah. Go, go down yeah. uh, two more songs you're, after this one. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's that might be slightly bigger. However, this is this is like a gateway drug. This song in particular. Um, so Run DMC, it's like that. Originally released as a single in 1983, and uh, this is back when you, they just put a, a song out. It wasn't even called a single. It was just a song. It's just, there's a song out, and then you might get lucky a year or two later, they might put an album out. And if you're really lucky, those singles will be on the album. And if you're unlucky, it's 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 a Joy Division <laughs> thing, where it's just it's a whole new set of songs, you know, and you have to go out and buy the fucking singles again. Um, So, uh, this came out the self-titled album uh, from 1984. Uh, the original is seven and a half minutes long. Seven and a half Minutes. You know what? Loud. That's too much for a Run DMC song. It's I've t- I spoke about much. this before. Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah. I can't yeah. do it. It's just too long. Yeah, seven and a half minutes of of that is craziness. Uh, which made number fifteen of the R and B hip hop charts in America at the time. Uh, again, nobody sounded like Run DMC when Run DMC came out. Everything was very, the hip hop was very kind of poppy, and kind of uh, almost R and B ish. You know. Uh, so we're, t- we're talking 84 here, so there would have been a, a bunch of kind of good acts down the rounds, but nobody sounded like Run DMC, especially not a group. Uh, then we cut forward to 1997, and Jason Nevins releases his remix. Okay, Now, his remix originally was just something he'd done at home, and he, 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 he pressed it on the 10-inch record for DJs, for them to have a bit of crack with. Like, I don't think yeah. it was an official re- release or anything like that. It was just, I chopped up It's Tricky... I'm sorry, I, I chopped up fucking It's Like That by, by Run DMC. He later would deal with Tricky as well. But um, yeah. he, he chopped up It's Like That and pressed it at the 10-inch, kind of sold it, gave it away to a lot of DJs. All of a sudden, there was just a banger. There was a banger doing the rounds. And you're looking at 1997, foil sharing would have been in its infancy, but still there. Yeah. Oh, DJs all over the world are like this is I can get this for free, and they just start playing it. Then all of a sudden, whatever Run DMC done some sort of deal with Jason Evans, like let's just release this properly, like let's do it. And it turns in by 1998 is when it gets its proper official release with fucking Run DMC stamp of approval. It's like the third highest selling single in 1998. Um, sells five million copies worldwide. Just explodes. Shoots the number yeah. one. It's just out. It had a really great video. So simple. So simple. Now, this, this for me, this is like the ultimate, just shitty club mix. Like when you when you hear this now, you're gonna hear just the fucking shitty club kick. That's that's what I was saying. There's no art. Some no. of these remakes, they are know what they're doing. Get yeah. on the dance floor and don't. There's no artistic merit. There's no, no art, nothing artistic about it no, whatsoever. There's nothing. No risks taken and nothing remotely surreal or weird. Exactly. About it. Yeah. It's it's whatever. How long is it? It's four four minutes eleven seconds, um, and all of that is just and then there'll be a stop. It's the usual shit. Let's play a little bit of it here, so people. Again, this was the soundtrack to every nightclub 
for about a year. It was just <laughs> yeah. played. There wasn't a DJ in the world that did not play this song. It didn't matter whether you were in a proper nightclub or in like a club after a gig in a little venue or whether it hit fucking 10 o'clock and the, the pub just press play and whatever CDs they had. This was getting played. Like It's just that simple. And it goes a little something like this. worth noting as well that you can tell that he just used like a bit of rip software to strip that fucking vocals out like he just EQ'd everything else out yeah yeah like it just sounds gack it sounds gack um so we're gonna play a little bit of the original one I might have to uh, I don't know I'm trying to oh no I have heard I already know how. yeah you have now this version here that I'm gonna play is the four and a half minute cut the original one's seven and a half this, they, they trim three minutes off it well uh, we're definitely playing like a minute though <laughs> exactly yeah uh, so yeah. this is the original version the original one um so as you can hear with nevins he he literally like he just stripped everything now used the vocals even like the kick isn't the same kind of time and everything that the the kind of your weird kind of bramp it's still there (laughs) you need that that much you need that or else what's the point like um uh, what's better i don't know man like i i fucking hate that jason nevins remix you know what I like? It's just like two minutes of the original with... Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. And it, no, that Jason Nevin ones is too repetitive. And yeah. I say that as someone who thinks Run DMC, DMC are too repetitive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Imagine turning the repetitiveness up on Run DMC. Like, <laughs> like it's fucking painful. <laughs> that's exactly what they've done. Like, it, fucking Run Run DMC DMC. That's what, yeah. that's what that should be. Um, Run DMC <laughs> X4. Uh, yeah, like I, I'm not a bit. We've talked about this before. I'm not the biggest Run DMC fan in the world. Um, I do like loads of their stuff, but I'm, I don't be fawning over them. And it's like that's not particularly a, a, a great song. It's tricky is a better song, um, and his remix of it's tricky is better as well. He went on to do loads of remixes of people and production and albums, and uh, he, he kind of faded away a little bit, but he still kind of kept us. He, he done remixes yeah. after this hit. He done like insane in the membrane. He done 
fuck, I can't even remember the amount of remixes he done in his particular kind of shitty Euro dance style. Uh, <laughs> Euro is... dance, yeah. It's <laughs> do you know what? If you didn't know anything about Eurodance, you'd think it's the worst sounding thing ever. And you're not 100% wrong. The term, you're, you're adding Euro to something almost makes it feel super cheap. It Do does. And like that? Jason Neville, I think he's from Florida or something. You know what I mean? Oh, he's yeah, just yeah, doing, yeah. He's doing that. It's just not particularly pleasant. When it's that repetitive, it's yeah. not good. But you know what? Fucking fair play to the all. Mutants got a fucking mutant in the club, like you know what I mean. It can't, it can't yeah. be stopping. Can't stop the mutant power. Uh, who is your next one? My next one is a song that we covered before on a different podcast, so I won't go into too much about it. I think mm-hmm. it was actually maybe possibly in my best of 2020 or 2019. I can't remember. I know I talked about it before. Mm-hmm. The song is called Roses by an American rapper called St. John, mm. which was originally released in 2016. It's interesting because it was originally written for Beyonce um, when his crew had heard that she was looking for material because mm. word goes out on the street. B's looking for some new yeah. hooks. Queen B is after some bangers. <laughs> yeah. So, um, he really thought that this song was going to be massive for Beyonce um, and really push things forward. Mm. And he might not have been wrong, but she did pass on it. And he said, fuck it, like, I love this so much. I'm putting it out on my own anyway. It didn't do anything particularly massive, to be honest. Mm. I don't think at the time until a 19-year-old DJ from Kazakhstan, uh, Imanbek, released it. Uh, he did it like a an uncommissioned remix okay. that ended up on some sort of TikTok video mm. and it went massive. And this is straight up so it's not just a good remix, it's a brilliant piece of music. Mm. I know that sounds crazy because when people hear this, they're gonna go, That's dance music. This was the biggest hit of twenty pre nineteen. Mm. So the last the last this is the last biggest dance floor hit before COVID. This was the last monster. It like, will live forever. Sorry, sorry. This and the weekend, blinded by the light, together mm. came out around the same time before the world exploded in a fucking virus in in the virus into a utopia. So, yeah, you love it. You love the old <laughs> utopia. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> and to be honest with you, after seeing the way like the shit you have to do, I, I don't blame you. Yeah. But um, so this is crazy. It, <laughs> on TikTok, right? I can't, I don't know. I couldn't figure out how much how many hits he had before this came out on his own version, but TikTok, Jesus Christ! Mm. Within, uh, I'm gonna do math here. September. Within about six months, he had got four point five billion plays Fuck. on TikTok. Jesus, the remix. So in in instantly, like Imanbek is gonna be huge. But you have to Saint John is gonna have to be tagged along what yeah. we're being his song so if you want to stick on uh, you can play it from the very start i think it just kicks straight in i think this is fucking brilliant i don't know why because i just think maybe well first of all the groove is brilliant right. but there's nothing it's hard to say they just he just got the groove he got the groove
I know that that music from Mutt's Tron Shapes. Yeah, it's just uh, it was so big, and I think it's deservedly big. Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell what that song was because it's, it's pitched. Yeah. The vocals are pitched so high, it's hard to tell whether it was a male or female or mm. or anyone really. To be perfectly honest, um, you get the feeling that it came from a rap background naturally mm, mm. and then if you listen closely you'll realize that if you slow that down it would be trap music and that's Pretty what it was yeah. it was a trap a big fat song. synth and all yeah it was it was a trap well that might not have been in the original mm. in the original but that bass that he that Manbeck added is so good mm. it's just so good so good it's so, so good, good. Last week you hadn't got a big so good in your ear, so there's one for you. Um, Iman Beck, let's skip forward to the future. Iman Beck won a Grammy for this, for like an unauthorized remix. Well, it was authorized eventually. Eventually, when, when of it was. Fuck Four point yeah. five billion. There's no question. It's getting yeah, done. I don't know what who makes what money wise, mm. but um, uh, it's absolutely insane how this started off as a guy writing a song for Beyonce, released it himself. Uh, was picked up uh, by a, a Kazakh producer and the song was it went from being a small song in New York to a monster song in Eastern Europe and Asia and East, Eastern Asia yeah. crazy uh, possibly the Middle East as well I would imagine before mm. it even got back around I'd say possibly to St. John so let's have a listen to the original yeah. and it's kind of sad because here's the thing St. John is big, way way bigger now because of this but how can he ever sing this song when he sounds like he this? Yeah, he... like this. He sounds like this. Rose, I walked in the corner with the body screaming, daughter. Never saw the back, but looking like Pablo in the fall. This gonna make him feel a way like Tony at the start of the gigs they play I, that Iman Beck yeah. remix I, I will say this that the chorus is deadly on this that's a oh, yeah. good trap song I oh, think yeah, that's is, a really yeah. good really good yeah. trap song but when it was released in 2016 it wasn't the biggest song mm. undoubtedly of the year mm. and in 2019 it was so I'd love to know really what St. John really feels like about the whole thing it's like someone taking a photograph of your garden that goes into like uh, the New Yorker and mm. you get a shitload of money and everyone's talking about it but they're not really talking about your yeah, version of it yeah. or your garden you. they talk about the amazing photo someone took of your garden or in your garden it's mm. so strange but uh, the only thing can't I'd say hurt. the only thing I'd say is that like realistically that, that kind of trap world is is based upon remixes and stuff like that as well and a yeah, lot of the stuff is given out um, to their mates to do cuts of so they can release 40 different versions of yeah. it and hope something cut, uh, something hits like, you know but 
I can't say like yeah, like you're saying. I can't say abort. <laughs> I'd say at the gig they might play that thing at the start Probably, to get yeah. people riled up. And when it comes to that, you're gonna have dickheads going. Play the other version. Like, I mean, they probably m- could with a pitch shifter and stuff like that, you know? Maybe. It'd, it'd be messy, but I'm sure they could. The you technology. Could, you, you could, no, do you know what you could do? Uh, you know, I haven't, I, I couldn't really find much apart from his own version of it. He mm. doesn't have to pitch it. He can sing low to the faster yes. beat and it, was, yeah, it might true. actually sound cool. Maybe, I must yeah. look into that, actually. I couldn't find anything about that. But mm. look, that's, that's Roses by St. Mm. John and the Manbeck remix. I think it's one of if you look at the stats on the different versions, it's it's one of the best examples yeah. numerically of the difference between these yeah, two. Yeah. The songs we're talking about now don't have 4.5 billion views. They True. never actually did yeah. and they never yeah. will. I <clears throat> that, that fucking Jason Nevin remix, that's not got 5.5 billion no. plays. No. Like, it drew its lifetime. And that's one of the biggest ones. Yeah, exactly. Now, <clears throat> the one you're gonna play soon, yeah. Uh, next, actually, could rival that. I think it could be up there, maybe, maybe. Uh, the next one is Elvis Presley with a little less conversation, and obviously we're going to be yeah. talking about the Junkie XL version of it, um, as well as the original version. This, as far as I'm concerned, in my head, is one of the biggest examples of a remix doing extraordinarily well. Uh, yeah. This song was just monstrous. It was inescapable for a long, long time. Um, let's talk about the original. So the, the original has a has a, a kind of an interesting history. Um, originally recorded. The song that only happened to me the other day. So <laughs> Good. I just I can't wait for you to to get to this and for me to get my little sheet bit where I know <laughs> I know I fucking almost I put a hundred million quid if I had it on where this idea for this song came from. Okay. And you're gonna. You're never going to guess it. And I just happened to be half asleep on Netflix and found the origins of this song by accident. Okay. Uh, so I only copped it now. I never even copped when you put it on the playlist. Till right now, I was like... <gasps> oh, really? Because I was, I was hung over the fuck. <laughs> and I, it's just all coming back to me now. So apologies for cutting in there. All right. But if I didn't remind myself, it could leave me. Because that's how our brains work. Oh, absolutely. Like, you have to, you have to get it out. idea. And if he, him or me talk for five minutes, it's gone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have to like, at least get a wedge of it in to be reminded <laughs> that you have to do it later. Uh, oh, so it was originally recorded by Elvis in 1968, uh, written by Mac Davis and Billy Strange. It was for one of Elvis's movies that was called Live a Little, Love a Little. Okay, starring Elvis, yeah. obviously. Um, it was released as a single in 1968. Didn't do particularly well. I think I made like number 69 um, when it came out as a single, but it wasn't put on an album until 1970, okay? Now, what happens between 1970 and when this song comes out in 2001 is that Ocean's Eleven happens right. in 2001, and the original's played, and nobody's heard this song in fucking 30-odd years, right? It's yeah. been a long time since anybody even bothered listening to a little less conversation. It's it was one of those kind of deep it's, Elvis it's, songs. I, I, yeah, I'd never heard of that song before Elvis. I don't think anyone's mass or anything had to go. I don't know. S- simply because it was it was a movie track that was a single that was thrown on an album in nineteen seventy. It's it just what it just wasn't a big song. It was one of those things that if you bought the best of Elvis Presley and it was a bleeding ten disc beyond disc eight you know what i mean it wasn't a thing then oceans 11 they played it in 2001 in the movie so by 2002 junkie xl does a big beat remix now he's the first outside artist to ever be allowed access to original elvis tapes okay all remixes 
all Elvis Presley remixes are handled internally by the Elvis Presley organization. There's like one dude who does them all. Presley's estate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's one guy in charge of all the Elvis Presley remixes because there's not even that many of them. They'd just be like album cuts and radio cuts and stuff like that, you know? And permission you said is that given. Came out, you said that film came out in 2001. 2001 puts, for Ocean's Eleven. That puts my theory... Oh... This is going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, fucks that almost fucks my theory, but it's going to be an interesting one. Go on. All right. So Junkie XL is a guy called Tom Hulkenberg. And uh, he bangs the song out and it just, forget it. It's all over the place, right? Yeah. Um, it's used in the 2002 World Cup. It's used in incalculable amount of movies like Shark Tale and shit like that. It's number one in the USA. It's number one uh, in the UK. It's the only Elvis song to reach number one after his death. It's just fucking bing, 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 bing. It's hitting all the fucking buttons across across the yeah. board. Uh, you want to give me a theory now before I play this or do you want me to play it first? No, no, play it. I think your theory is... Like, the, I'm looking at the times lines of both of our stories and i don't know how it could happen so play these first and okay. i'll think what my theory could be because it just literally came back to me from a hangover flashback okay so i'm going to play a little bit of the junkie xl remix first again everybody's going to know this song cut this one short because I want people to hear the original one because the original one yeah. is fucking stellar it's really 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 good this um, was everywhere in a matter of a minute yeah like the minute that song came out it was everywhere like FIFA we're using it for video games like yeah. World Cup is used now like couldn't get away man you were sick of fucking hearing it right yeah. and when you listen to the, the original is so much better Honest to God, it's so much nicer. There's horns and stuff. It's a beautiful song. It's actually really well written. Um, I'm going to play a bit of that. I might give it a little bit more just so people can get more of it in. It's only a two-minute song. I'm not going to play all of it. But here's the original A Little Less Conversation. Conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less spark, a little less fight, a little more spark. And close your mouth and open up your heart, and baby, satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Baby, close your eyes and listen to the music and dig to the summer breeze. It's a groove night, and I can show you how to use it. To come along with me and put your mind at ease. Hey, a little less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation is satisfaction in me. A little more fight, a little less spark. A little less fight, a little more spark. Shut your mouth and open up your heart. And it'll satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Come on, baby, I'm tired of talking. 
It's so That's full of gold. That's infinitely, infinitely better. <laughs> Isn't it? Infinitely it's better. So you know what the gas thing is? It, lo- it loses none of its fucking uh, Oh, yeah, it's like, still stomping. And feel. Yeah. And the chorus is so much better because yeah. the, you can hear the backing singers coming yeah. in really loud. And the this, fucking horns and all that. It's way better. Yeah. It's so much better. I think maybe that Junkie XL one has some horns and some about, who cares? Um, yeah, yeah. Don't care. Fucking Big B. I, I loved big beat music for a while, but like, uh, like when you grow out of it and you look back and you go, it's all the fucking same. Yeah, they all it all has fucking bongos, and all, like, there's literally has like them spring rolls and all and then as well. That that, that yeah. fat boy slim shit. Um, they literally just all worked out the same playbook, you know. Like, I'm having a fucking Pepe Sylvia moment here. Okay, hit me. Put things together, right? So. His version came out in what year? The Junkie 2002. 2002 what? was the Junkie XL version. Right. So he just saw. He just saw Ocean's Eleven. Heard that yeah. song. And went. Oh, I could yeah. do a remix of that. Yeah. I'm calling. I'm calling bollocks on him. It, well, he hasn't said that. But what I think what happened is right. Maybe. He, in, I mean, again, that the song same has been flown around. So. In the same year, right? Do you remember a movie called Three Thousand Miles to Graceland came out? Yes. So that movie is like. A dark comedy heist movie with Court uh, Russell and Kevin Costner. It's yeah. fine. It's grand. Um, in that, in that, there's a lot of Elvis stuff played. I think there's one semi touch of a remix that's not particularly good. And when I was watching that, I was like, "Oh, deadly! A little more conversation's gonna come on." And it never did. And mm. I went, "That's weird." And then I looked at the rest of the soundtrack for this Elvis heist movie. Right? Yeah. Filter. Spine Shank, Crystal Method, uh, BT, mm. lo- Bender, loads of uh, English even sort of dance music. Mm. So, and then I looked at the the intro to this movie is one of the most incredibly pointless and <laughs> overblown <laughs> intros where they use two giant CGI metal scorpions fighting in the desert Where? for no for absolutely no reason like you know the way the, do you never do you ever watch like the national lampoon's christmas vacation and yeah. it has the, the animated start and you're like it feels weird and wrong and i'm not into it yeah like doesn't suit the rest of it this happens and then you look at junkie xl's logo it's a fucking scorpion it's a scorpion yeah so i wonder did he see this and thing in the same year and go crystal method elvis is in Crystal Method and Elvis, can I do this? Maybe. I think I think that's where I came from. I could be you, wrong. You, you could be right. But if you watch that movie again, watch that movie again, and it's mind-blowing that you're not at any moment hearing, because the music in the background, all the incidental music is fucking like semi-industrial dance music, mm. stuff like that, and you're wondering why your brain keeps going, little less conversation, and it never yeah, comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there in, as, okay. a, as, a, as an absolutely uh, semi-pointless. But my All right, mind I'm, long, into I'm into it. I'm into it. You've set me on a little project there now, which I'm into. <laughs> and add the people at home as well. Have a, uh, It's your turn. Think do, about do it. Do some work, you scumbags. Have a look and see that that song come from Ocean's Eleven, obviously, but did it also 3,000 3, Miles to Graceland have a huge part in it as well. Okay. I think so. I think so. They're all dressed as Elvis listening to fucking Crystal Method. Sorry. That's that's the hill I'm dying on now. Okay. All right. Right, give us your next one then. My next one is definitely the most well-known version of the song. 
Yeah. Uh, it is Professional Widow, Armin's Star Trunk Funk remix. I think it's the Armin Van Helden remix mm. of the Tori Amos song from Boys from Pell. It's so Pell. fucking mad. It's mad. Yeah. It's mad. It's absolutely mad. So, um, Armin Van Helden remixed this off his own accord. I think, although I think he might have been asked, it was, it's not, it's uncommissioned, okay. but you'll never know what, what the record executives, yeah. some people are saying record executives had asked his handler, person, manager, that he, if he could do it. And, um, yeah, he, he said that the call came from Atlantic America. Uh, it's still uncommissioned because everything's uncommissioned until someone goes, we should yeah. tell Tori Amos about this. Exactly. So anyway, this comes out and it's absolutely mega, like mega, 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 mega. Mm. That's what they said. And that's what I said around this time as well in the nineties, mega, 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 fucking mega. And, um, it couldn't be more different than the original. Really, mm. really couldn't. So it gives a blast of the, uh, Tori Amos fucking uh, the, the the remix sorry the remix version okay here we go Like it's sort of it gets too repetitive. It's mad that baseline in particular is it's just yeah, but it's, it's after a few minutes. I really, really like it. Yeah. Um what did she think of it? She said, uh Boys Rappel is like an extreme and acoustic album. And Armand said he understood the character of the girl, professional widow. Uh he uh she said he did a great job with it, but it's not really a song. She said it's more of a vibe with a groove, which is more yeah, Grant, I can't say I'm bad about it. I don't really care. I wrote a fucking yeah. masterpiece of an album and some guy added some drums. That's what it sounds like to me. It's not. Mm. It's definitely not going to be her bag. I think it's the best you're going to get out of her because let's, uh, about on it because she's fucking Tori Amos. Yeah. Like, don't be asking her, what do you think of that? Yeah, yeah, man, a man of dance music, yeah. Exactly, it's my favourite. Like, listen, listen to the original and then ask me what I thought of the remix. Yeah, so of your actually, abomination. Let's, let's, yeah, probably. <laughs> let's listen to the original now, actually, yeah. Wait. 
That's fucking crazy. That's the first time I ever heard that. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. That's a great, that's a great, great album. I but, don't know uh, anything about that album. I've only got Little Airquakes and one or two other bits. I, I never got that album for some reason. Yeah. Um, It's mad. Give it a listen. I haven't, mm. now to be fair, I haven't listened to it in years, but I want to now after hearing that. And then you hear, like the bass line in that song is class as yeah. well. And it's not a million miles away from what he kind of modelled his oh, one yeah. off, I think. Um, So, the the last line of that song, by the way, is "Give me peace, give me love, love, give me peace, give me love, and a hard cock." Savage. That's not in. I don't think that's in the professional widow. I doubt it. By Armand Van Helden. I doubt so, it. Yeah, I always find those those things mad. What do you think of like, the, like it's like when they asked Trent Reznor, "What did you think of the Johnny Cash cover?" Did you ever see him his answer? No. He's definitely. He's like, yeah, I grew to really, really like it. But at the start, I think he was like, no, not into that. Mm. Like, it's weird to ask someone who's so precious about their work. What did you think of that time that your man added loads of drums to your song? It was, it yeah, was yeah. nothing to do with fucking him either. Like. No, and I think this was definitely, this sounds like a record label crack. More than likely. Just but, um, Rick Rubin wants uh, this, just give it to him. <laughs> that is professional winner by Tori Amos. So who's your next one? My next one is... P Diddy slash Puff Daddy slash Diddy slash Puffy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know Puffy what. Diddy, Puffy Diddy. Yeah. I oh don't, my God. I, I Puffy Diddy's are a thing though. They are a thing. Um, they are a thing. I, I, I don't know what Enoch goes by. Can, um, we can't just talk about Puffy Diddy's for the whole segment though. So. Unfortunately not. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Um, that'd be too much of a mouthful. Oh God. <laughs> I can't even say you lowered the tone because it was me. So uh, Diddy and the song is It's All About the Benjamins Now This song The original version of this song Is revered In the hip hop community And It's There's been examples of When this song first came out DJs in New York Literally just playing the song For two hours on loop Like I don't get it I think it's boring Right <laughs> I, I think the original version Yeah I think it, it's I think it's grand Yeah it's one. It's one of those examples of kind of minimalist uh, music. We are trying to shoehorn as many guest features in. So this is on Puffy's debut album, uh, "No Way Out" from nineteen ninety seven. It's the third single off it. Um, the, I can't even describe how many people are on this fucking song. Like, <laughs> it's an ensemble. List, it's like it's like Ocean's Eleven. The song, yeah, it pretty much like uh, Notorious B.I.G., Little Kim. Uh, the locks like uh, it's just outrageous everybody who was on bad boy was on this song and uh well everybody who was on bad boy was on this fucking album but in this song in particular he just and they kept new versions of it kept arriving where they just give someone 16 bars and let them go and they just kept adding it on adding it on adding it on there's there's so many different remix versions of this now the one i'm going to talk about is the rock remix otherwise known as the shot caller remix I'm going to talk about that now in a second. Um, mm-hmm. <coughs> on the original, on the original version, there's uh, some uncredited vocals and loads of arrangement by Missy Elliott. Right? She was involved in the chorus and stuff like that, but because she wasn't on Bad Boy, she couldn't be listed. But apparently, she was oh. in the studio that day, and she's her fingerprints are all over this. Why song. can't they get little passports? They, they should, whenever the you know, if I was signing the record label, I'd say, by the way. Once every two years, I want to do a song of my own choosing with someone else. And they, at the time, the record label can just go, yeah, yeah, sure. They probably won't go. If they're yeah, big enough, I'm sure they'd be let away with it. 
you know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but you have to or assume or if they're too big they won't be allowed <laughs> they won't be allowed but you have to assume as well that a lot of the artists even no matter let's look at Missy Elliott Missy Elliott was huge but when Missy Elliott was huge she was probably still under her original contract you know of fucking four albums or whatever the fuck it is and they're going to treat her the same as the day they signed her as when she's huge she has to wait for that contract to um, to run out before she can get a lovely delicious one that suits her a little bit better um, yeah. So I mean, it all depends where you are in your a in your career and b in your contractual status as well. Uh, and maybe she thought it was bollocks. She's like, oh, I don't want me name on it. You know, who knows which way these things work? Maybe there was a way out, and she just yeah. didn't take it. Um, so this debuted on a mixtape in nineteen ninety six. First, as I said, DJs just play it on loop, on loop. It went to number one in the states. It went to number eighteen in the UK. Now I'm going to tell you, having a clue how big. Um, in the charts the rock remix was I do remember when it came out I heard the original and I heard the rock remix and I went straight out and I bought the rock remix because it was so much better um, <laughs> so this is my one my one choice that I can't back up with numbers as to it being bigger but I would think that in the the worldwide global community the rock remix is maybe a little bit more preferred over the original one Um I'm going to play a little bit of the original now and I'll come back and I'll tell you who was on okay. the rock the rock remix. Um, now, this song is like four, nearly five minutes long. I'm going to play a little bit of it. Get the, you'll get the idea. Uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Y'all wanna do? Wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers. Who be dipping in the bins with the spoilers? On the low from the Jake and the Taurus. Trying to get my hands on some grants like Horace. Yeah, living the raw deal. Three course meal, spaghetti, fettuccine, and veal. But still. I'm cutting out early because it doesn't really change from that, right? It just goes on <laughs> and on. You get like the that. idea. You get the idea. Um, that poor bastard that played that, that guitar riff, um, I wrote his name down. On a different piece of paper, and I've lost it. Uh, actually, I didn't lose it. The parrot ate it. I'm looking at the page here. Wow. The parrot ate some of the paper, and um, his name is gone. But he he's uh, he's just a studio musician dude, and uh, I think he opened up like a guitar skill out of the money he made out of this song, off Puff Daddy. Uh, yeah. You want he's the least looking Puff Daddy dude you've ever seen in your life. Honest to God, <laughs> um, big incel heading him, but. He's um yeah he's got some he, he's got some sort of music skill or something like that now and like he's got his list of credits and it's you know garbage and then Puff Daddy, but he's not even credited properly you know poor, poor bastard um so yeah that's off now way out then the rock remix like I said otherwise known as the shock collar remix comes out so on bass you've got uh Tommy Stinson from the Replacements and Soul Asylum uh. All One right. of the guitars is a band called Fuzzbubble, Fuzzbubble, which is a band from Long Island, that Puff Daddy, a rock band was this, that he Was signed. this done for some sort of soundtrack or just... No, just for a crack. Just, just for, for a crack. crack. That band, Fuzzbubble, were on the Godzilla soundtrack. Obviously, Puffy had his had his claws oh, in there yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Rob Zombie in there. Exactly. Uh, Rob Zombie's on this track. Dave Growl plays drums. Um, Spike Jones directed the video for the rock remix version of it. Uh, who else? I think Dave Roll might even be playing guitar in 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 the um, 
in the video not playing drums uh now what's weird here is that this has the same little kim verse that the normal one has but it sounds so much better than the rock version so much mm. better like it's it, her verse was just built for this rock version i don't know where the fucking little kim ver- i might play a little bit at the start of it and then jump around till i find the little kim version right um it'd be very unprofessional but i think people have to hear it it's fucking outrageous <laughs> okay. it's absolutely outrageous here's a my on the fly cut up of the rock remix Shoehorn Biggie in there as well. Just, just get me some Biggie. Man. Is that Lil Kim? Yeah. I need to hear her on a metal album now. <laughs> it's the fucking best savage. thing that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Man, it somehow remarkably suits her voice. Yeah, it's so she's good. Raspy co- enough for it. Yeah. Oh. I couldn't find the uh, unedited version. It just doesn't exist on Spotify. I did um, just realise something terrible during yeah. that though. We forgot both of our favourite remixes that is better than the original. Well, well, we're going to do about eight volumes of this. Should I just leave it then? Yeah, say nothing. Don't rat us oh. out, man. Oh, but you just, I need you to feel this pain. Well, you can t- tell me afterwards so I'll feel it off air. Sure. Yeah, don't do that to me. It'll break me spirit. Our favourite one. Oh, no, don't rat me out, man. No, I just copped it. It's something about the guitar tone. That sounds like the guitar tone of the, oh, oh no. Is oh, it no. A re- it's, is, is that a re- I know what you're talking about. Is that a remix, though? It's just a cover, yes. really. No. Do you want me to say what it actually is? Yeah, go on. <clears throat> Mark being Blade, the feeder remix. Oh, you don't see the signs because you're blind. You don't see the signs because you're blind. You're losing Oh, blind. no, we forgot Fuck. it. Let's play it at the end of this. <laughs> let's, play it in its, let's play it in its total t- totality at the very end of the yeah, podcast. Uh, okay, let's do that. We'll do that. We'll play. We'll give you a bonus song. No, we we can't do another podcast of remixes that are better than the originals. When, when no, we won't be doing another one of these. We'll do we'll do remix episodes, but not this. So literally, as soon as that kicked in, 
I just saw a flash of the two of us looking at each other going, shite. I thought you were talking about uh, H-blocks that have got the power. No, no, like you said, yeah, cover. That's a cover. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the Mark being Blade one, I bought that album and that so remix good. wasn't on the one I got. Wasn't no, on the, it's not on the that single, album. The feeder, oh, just sometimes... I know it's very cliche, but us rockers love an old guitar added to oh, the song. You love you, it. You already like that that uh, Cypress Hill Skull and Bones album that has the rock side and the rap side, and yeah, both of them are great. I was going to say that as well, but the, the that, that's not so good. technically a remix. Wasn't no, I was thinking about that one myself. Different yeah, side. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Anyway, who's your next one? My next one is um, Missing by Everything But The Girl. Oh, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. The song, the Todd Terry remix, is mm. definitely the one that everybody everybody knows um tracy thorne from everything but the girl said that missing was originally supposed to be a dance orientated track oh. um, it was written with that in mind uh they had put some sort of laid back house groove on it but um when they gave it to todd terry to do a remix this was just an idea like at the time i think it was just you have to if you want to get popular it's a kind of double-edged sword you can throw out uh, a dance thing to get everyone talking and buying copies of the white label version of it and mm, stuff and mm. played in clubs so you're sitting at home or in a hotel room in fucking Japan or something and in your head you know that somewhere in England across the entire country everyone is dancing to your song which is a mad mm. mad feeling when that's not your type of music it must be mad so they were all doing it giving it a go oh, hoping yeah. maybe it flew under the radar but made a few quid and got the name out there but yeah. this exploded this was huge and I this is one of the bands from the nineties that I had an irrational dislike for, much like uh, much like Jamiroquai and mm. loads of stuff. And I don't know why. I yeah, think it was, it wasn't, you wasn't Tracy. It. it wasn't Tracy Thorn. It was the fucking smug look on your man Ben. What's his face? His face. And then I was like, "That's." I have to understand when I was growing up and we're like sort of teenagers. Everything annoys us. Mm. Everything. Everything but the girl. Yeah, I, I remember I remember not being into it. I can tell you that yeah. much. I don't know why, but I just remember it just no, it's not for me. It was it was kind so, of annoying. Yeah. So, yeah, I th I thought it was annoying. Now I think it's amazing, but I think yeah. the original is su way superior. Definitely. And um in an interview, your man Ben Watts said that uh, he's never been bothered by the fact that the group's most successful song was a remix mm. rather than his his original one that it's it's, it's, it's no contest Um he said that it was what he'd consider a serendipitous moment he delivered the remix um and the public decided that it was going to be that big mm. so sort of i think he looks at it like a fate kind of thing you know what i mean yeah, like whatever. Yeah, yeah i think these things kind of happen whatever like that um this was the first ever single to spend an uninterrupted 55 weeks in the US chart. In the Jeez. US chart. Not, not number one now, but in the US yeah, chart, yeah. uninterrupted for 55 weeks. Wow. It must have just kept getting bigger. Sometimes songs can start small and grow and grow and grow oh, and yeah. grow, and then they have to go back down again, and that's 55 weeks. Um, it reached number 10 in nearly every chart around the entire world and landed in number one in Canada, Germany, and Italy. Um here's the here's the weird thing right play we'll play we'll play them in a minute actually no we'll play them now before i get into these things so everyone knows this uh, original remix but we'll play it anyway because it's uh, it's good i step off the train 
Help but move your head and your shoulders, can you? Yeah, when it kicks in. I, I, I like it, and and the intro sounds deadly because he's added a bit of a dark kind yeah, of yeah. tone to it. I don't think it's 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 very stock loopy at, at, at points. Oh yeah, like stock stock loop. But I really don't think it's a a remix that you like the, that professional widow one and maybe some of the ones we played earlier, like the Run DMC, mm, Jason mm. Evans. Very stock and unimaginative remixes. Yeah. If you think about it, they were they just are they're great for their for for a utility. They're what they're they yeah. do what they're supposed to do. They're for dance floor. They don't do anything like that. But this one, I think, he took care of them a little bit more in this remix. However, when you hear him talking about it, it doesn't sound. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like he really should for me as as someone who respects the song. So I'll. I'll he doesn't he doesn't i'll get into it now in a second hmm. he said apparently they did not like it and okay. the record label didn't even think it was that great either so they were leaving it up to them and he had to convince he had to convince them he said look please put this out i'm telling you right now it'll be it'll be really good for everyone yeah yeah um he said he fought for it to come out but here's the line that annoyed me and if i was them and i read this line i'd be a bit pissed off because in fact all the guys around me thought they were a lame group and that i had given tr- their life life to some uh, i'd give him the track a bit of life well wow. so, you know that's the kind of thing you don't want to hear that's yeah. the kind of thing you're always in your head thinking that you give you give like let's be honest right rock music and indie music is far more artistic than dance music of the <laughs> 90s this music not not i'm not talking about like german techno which is fucking yeah. fantastic and an actual really imaginative dance music yeah. these remixes generally are like i said they're done for a reason but they mm. don't bring anything they're not going to blow you away yeah yeah these type of remixes so to hear him say that i reckon would absolutely fucking wreck my head that infuriate them yeah considering they don't really not mad about it so mm. look let's play the original this is the 2013 remaster of the 1995 original i think it did okay in the charts when it came out nothing really much nothing like the todd terry remix but we'll give it a, a listen now anyway I step off the train I'm walking down your street again And past your door But you don't live there anymore It's years since you've been there And now you disappeared somewhere I got a space You found some better and I miss you Like the deserts miss the rain And I miss you oh. Like the deserts miss the rain If I had heard that version first, I would never have disliked that song. 
Yeah, never true. It's, it's nicer. It's when you go back then and listen to the Todd Terry one, all you can hear is the stock loops Beat. and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's all they had. Is that's what they were for? Of course, they didn't do anything wrong. It's just. Like I said, you cannot stray for the paths from the path if you want a dance floor remix for exactly. these kind of things. So um, I have a lot more time for them now, as well as that. If you ever listen to Tracy Thorne interview, she's just cool as fuck. Yeah, she is. Yeah. The two of them are, the two of them get great answers. They're, they're yeah. like, their interviews remind me of Dead Can Dances. They're like, mm. they're still a couple though. Like Dead Can Dance or not anymore. So their interviews have got a bit colder. But like these couples, it's like imagine an interview with you and your missus. Like you're not going to be like trying to sell things too hard. Yeah. If you just like, sit there with your missus being interviewed, it must be so weird. Even if you're an actor, you yeah, know, it's weird. Yeah, exactly. No, I won't be into so it. They have that chilled out, like yeah, whatever, man, whatever. Like Make yeah. music. That, it? Re- that remix, yeah, it was grand. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. Anyway, that was one of the most famous uh, big time yeah. remixes that is are bigger than your, is bit bigger than the original. In mm. um. Everything but the girl. Who is your last one? My last one is Easy E with Boys in the Hood. Oh, yeah. Um, so what? an awful lot of people don't seem to realise that the version of Boys in the Hood that they like is a remix. Um, the original one, the, the difference between the two of them is not massive. It's really and truly not massive. And I'm actually, I'm going to break form and I'm going to play the original first um, because you'll hear stuff in it that will sound kind of wrong to you, as as opposed right. to the remix. Um, so uh, this was obviously Easy's debut single. It was written for a group called HBO Homeboys Only uh, by Ice Cube. Lyrics were written by Ice Cube, beats by Dre. The usual kind of thing. This is kind of yeah. just pre NWA when Ruthless Records was getting set up, and it was kind of it was being set up as a almost a production crew. More than anything else, they had a recording studio. They had Ice Cube, who was great at writing lyrics, and they had Dre, who was savage at writing um, beats and, and 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 production and stuff like that. And everything, everything else, and everything Literally. else, pretty much, yeah. So that that was meant to be the idea, and they brought this group in from New York, I think they were called uh, HBO. And when they showed up, they fucking hated it. They were like, "This is <laughs> this is gack, like absolute gack." It's maggoty. I don't want to. And they walked out of the studio. It, it really, it really, it really takes. It's such a weird thing because if someone did a remix of your, I know you're you're a little bit different than me. Someone remixed my song, and it was incredible. I probably still hate it. Probably. Because I'm such, you you might be a bit more open than I am. Some dude done a remix yeah. of one of my songs, and I didn't like it one bit. You you sent it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't like, terrible. I just didn't like it. You know what though? This is the this is the thing about remixes, and I'd rather go into this on um, a different episode on a yeah. different remix rather than the biggest ones version. But. It's a risk of what you can and can't do. Oh, yeah. It's a high-risk, high-reward situation. But some things don't suit the song. And with remixes, especially club remixes, they have to shoehorn stuff that does not yeah. suit the song in there to make a, a club remix, you know? And I, that's I what's going to be I find that 80 to 90% of remixes are stupid and pointless. Oh, yeah. Gack. So yeah. Do, do you know how people like Depeche Mode put out remixes? And they'll put out like 10 remixes of the same song and one of them will be good. They're yeah. actually Return. Yeah. Depeche Mode is probably not a good example because their Return for remixes is, is not bad. But mm. remix c- singles, remember they were massive in the... Oh, such a big deal. 
And like the there first was a one would multi, always be multi packs and everything. Yeah, and the first one would be good. And we're talking about the rest of that CD and then part two, yeah. where just five minute garbages. Yeah, just five minute garbage after five minute garbage. Yeah. Favors given to them eights, like that's just uh, a lot exactly. Of them. They're like, a lot of them. I don't want you to. You'll be. Oh God, they still do it. Like they still. Oh, a lot of a, that. It does still happen. Now this Easy E song is slightly different in such that it was remixed by the people who made it in the first place. All right. So yeah. what happened when HBO walked out of the studio? All this is covered in the um, Straight Outta Compton movie, a lot of it anyway, where they walked in, they were like, this bullshit, and they walked out, and they they were thinking, well, we just record it ourselves. And Ice Cube wasn't there. He was in school or something. And the only other fella yeah. was Easy E. And Dre was like, I'm not a fucking rapper. And, and he, this, is the, like, this is the famous story of yeah. this band. So really? he's like, I'm not, I'm not a bleeding rapper either. And they were like, well, just... Do it line by line, like record one line and then we'll rewind the tape and wait till that's over and do the next line because he, he literally couldn't rap. So they were like, you can do it easy, you can do it. And he's like, I don't want to do it, like I want to be a producer. Like just do the bleeding rap and eventually they talked him into it. It took two days to record the song, doing it line by line. Like they literally just went line <laughs> by line <laughs> by line by line. Um, so I'm going to play... <laughs> You'll hear how just not good this original version sounds, right? Like, production-wise, you can tell it's rough as fuck. There's too much reverb on it. The vocal sounds oh, kind of... Oh, yeah. I remember... Weird. I remember playing the wrong one in the club. Did you ever do yeah, that? It doesn't w- yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, all the time. All the time. So this is the original version of Boys in the Hood. It was put out on NWA and the Posse, which is an unofficial release. It's nothing. It's not legitimate whatsoever. The remix was put out on Easy's debut album easy does it and uh, even though it said remix it's it, 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 you could, there's a, a massive case to be made for this is the actual version of the song but i'm gonna play the original version this is it here right cruising down the street in my six phone jocking the freaks clocking the dough went to the park to get the scoop knuckleheads out there cold shooting some hoops a car pulls up who can it be a fresh El Camino rolling Kilo G. He rolled down his window and he started to say, It's all about making that GTA. Cause the boys in the hood are always hard. You come talking to trash, we'll pull your car. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. So that's the original one. You can hear crackling and breaking and it's just not, it's not good. So here is the one that everybody knows. Now it's got a little bit of talking at the start. Nothing, nothing absolutely major, but it, it's part of the song, so we'll leave it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yo, man, you remember that shit Easy did a while back? Motherfucker said wasn't gonna work. work. That old crazy shit? Yeah, the stupid shit, shit man. Dope. Hey, yo, Easy. Hey, man, we should come off the piano for a minute, man, and bust this crazy shit. <laughs> at about noon, just thought that I had to be in Compton soon. I gotta get drunk before the day begins, before my mother starts bitching about my friends. About to go and damn near went blind. Young niggas at the pad throwing up gang signs. Ran in the house and grabbed my clip with the Mac 10 on the side of my hip. Bailed outside and pointed my weapon. Just as I thought, the fools kept stepping. Jumped in the foe, hit the juice on my ride. I got front and back and side to side. Then I let the Alpine play, play. Bumping new shit by NWA. It was gangster, gangster at the top of the list. Then I played my old shit. It went something like this. Cruising down the street in my six fall. Jocking the bitches, slapping the hoes. Went to the park to get the scoop. 
Knuckleheads out there, cold shooting some hoops. A car pulls up. It's so much better. Like it's just cleaner. It's a little it's tiny so bit faster. Yeah. Well, like, you probably, like you said, you've probably done the same thing accidentally played the other one hundred percent. And people are looking at you. Like, problems are fucking speedgrass, man. Because there's always like shit in it. I for I completely forgot about that piano. Oh yeah, yeah. Get off the piano. Come off the piano, and you can you can hear him turning in his chair while his finger stays on the nose. But yeah. Jesus Christ! It's so much better. It, yeah, it's so much better. Now that that got to like number fifty in the US. I don't jack shit, you know. But yes. it's just uh, as a as a song that is the beginning of a worldwide movement that would turn into NWA. Mm. You know, obviously you reference NWA um, because that was the, 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 the it was it was it was starting. It was starting then. Um, <laughs> that's uh, fucking easy with Boys and Hood. That's my last one. So who is mm. your last one? I can't do my last one without mentioning. Um, one of if not one of the biggest remixes that is bigger than the original one mm. uh, but neither of us have any intention of putting him on our playlist okay and that is uh, Ignition by R. Kelly yeah remix, I, I, I thought about it and I meant nah which I'm was not, not which was it sort of doesn't also doesn't count because he wrote that five years before the unremixed version which to me it's very, very strange. So obviously he had the idea to do this Ignition song mm. uh, and then did the thing. To be honest with you, I can't overemphasize my dislike for uh, the woman abuser R. Kelly. So yeah. fucking not putting it on a thing. Hate to say it though, Ignition. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Stop. <laughs> That's, no, we're not allowed. Yeah. Fuck him. Now, yep. who I did pick. I picked uh, Lana Del Rey, Summertime Sadness, the mm. Cedric Gervais remix. This is different. I'm going to play the original first. Okay. And then the remix. So there's not a huge amount of information on this one because sometimes, like we've mentioned before, uh, during collaboration playlists, the songs that we did, du duets and collaborations, mm. uh, sometimes a lot of things just happen in the studio or through email and faxes yeah. that... Are not, we're not privy to in interviews or anything like that exactly. and this is another kind of one of them thing so Lana Del Rey is obviously like the female Morrissey miserable fucking singer songwriter who's actually incredibly talented but mm. depressing in in good ways yeah uh, so if you stick on Summertime Sadness there uh, this is not the most popular version of the song I'll have you know it's the, that's what we do Kiss me hard before you go Summertime sadness I just wanted you to know That baby, you're the best I got my red dress on tonight Dancing in the dark in the pale moonlight Throw my hair up real big beauty queen style There's your OG one. Yeah, the great thing about that song is uh, the obvious juxtaposition of the term summertime and mm. sadness. Mm. She's singing a semi-miserable song about the summer and all the lyrics are to do with things that you would do in the summer. Yeah. But it has this melancholy undertone. Now, the, the remix sort of has to abandon that entire 
ethos yeah. and make a happy summer song that just happens to contain the word sadness. Yeah. So if you lash that one on, this is the Cedric Gervais version of it. All right, here we go. I fucking hate claps. You know that? I, you know what? I use them. I have to use them. I hate my claps. Music. I, I have to use them because um, in 80s synthy music, they are needed sometimes. Yeah. I don't mind them that much. Oh, they I bother shit on me. I hate crashes more because they don't make sense in my music. But mm. to, that, if the clap can only, should only come in every once in every... Yeah, that's just too much. First of all, now. double claps are should be illegal. <laughs> The double clap should be yeah. illegal, and the also being illegal should be uh, once every beat. You can't do it. Yeah, just so, as a snare, like. Yeah. Uh, no. So yeah, so your man uh, said. I like that. Though. That was that was fun. Yeah, he he said, he said what they all say is I didn't do this remix for money. I just love doing remixes. In fact, when Landell Road came to me, I never even asked her how much it was. I was like, yeah, I like your music. Send it over, and then this came up. And um, this is infinitely more popular than the yeah the pro one because yeah, you can you can tell. Yeah, she's, I like the other one. I like the other one as well. She's she's brilliant, Lana Del Rey. I just I said this before about Lana Del Rey, and I don't understand it, and I don't dislike it. But I've for my whole life defended miserable music, and told people that it doesn't make you more miserable. Mm. It reflects your misery and it addresses it, and it makes you feel like someone else is listening. That sounds so fucking cliche, but that's literally what depressing and sad music is supposed to do if you listen if you feel sad and you listen to disintegration by the cure you feel listened to rather than yeah, pulling yeah, you yeah, down further yeah, yeah someone and this is going to sound awful but tick cunts think that sad music makes you sadder uh tick cunts don't listen to sad music anyway they don't really understand how to deal yeah. with their own sadness really it just a lot of tick cunts don't get sad it's phenomenal fair play to them yeah, too, too stupid that. to get sad too stupid to get sad that's Basically, literally all it is. It's like, uh, yeah. I thought I'll have a three in one. Everything's okay yeah. now. And, and I swear, this is mad, right? I know loads of real tech cunts who post those. You know, what the, the, new, the new thing on the internet is to post memes about your uh, mental illness and, and how everything is shit and sad. And I know loads of people who are incredibly sharp and cynical and mad sad. And those memes make so much sense coming from them. But yeah. then you get these people who I know have, not to be a cunt, zero personality. And they're coming out with these, uh, like dank depressed memes i'm like yeah. you're not i'm not I'm not trying to downplay other people's uh admission of 
of mental illness, but I just, I just feel like you're lying because yeah, everyone lying. else is doing it. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're a replicator. Like, so there's, there's replicators out there. People just repeat 100%. everything that's happening around them. So they're doing the same with this. So it's not, I would never call, ever call anyone on this, but I'm saying it on the podcast now. Um, obviously, <laughs> just saying, there's some, there's some just fucking species out there that are replicating things. Yeah, so I here's the thing though. Lana Del Rey's music could possibly, quite possibly be depressing when you yeah. are not depressed. <laughs> they could actually bring, yeah, bring you boy. down. There's something about it, but I still like it. The problem is, I used to, for years defended the Smiths, mm. uh, Joy Division, all that. Like, no, that music will actually lift you back up again. I'm not 100 percent sure Landell Ray's music would lift you up. Me, anyway, personally. <laughs> but in a weird way, I hold her in high regard for that as someone yeah. who yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in. That I can say, wow, she's quite literally miserable. Yeah, she sounds miserable. I, again, anyway, I like it though. Way. Anyway, she's great, and uh, had a little dig at Facebook people, which we always Oof. love to throw a little one. Oof. Now, we have added that uh, song at the end. We will possibly play a bit of, because we're not going to play this again, man. We're not going to do this version. This, this, this is quite... You, you, came, you came up with the idea of this, and it's quite niche. I don't yeah. think you can do a second episode of this. They're probably, you probably could, but what's the fucking point? There's, there's more, there's more the subjects to now. get through. There's, yeah, there's more... Uh, the yeah, we'll do one on our favourite remixes. That's what yeah. I'd rather do That's next That's a solid yeah. one. Yeah. But this was, uh, this was actually really interesting to hear. It's interesting. It's a little bit the longer. originals of some of these. Uh, it's like an hour and a half. Our, our, the last couple of well, shows were, have been like an hour and well, 15. We, so. gave, we, gave, we gave them an extra bit because we left them. Right? We, to- we told you. We told you we were coming back strong with notebooks that parrots have been eating. Listen to that. That's uh, amazing. Parrots have been eating. <laughs> parrot literally ate a lump of notebook. Like, um <laughs> I don't know when he's done it. That's what they want to hear, Gareth. That's really yeah, what they want to that's, hear. That's the content. Stop talking about music. Um, I, I wish we had still had a Saturday Night Show. So much mad shit's happened to me. You know what? Last month. Oh, really? I, I miss it because uh, it instantly took away all my DJing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I really don't like that. Yeah, I like playing music. But let's, fi- let's figure something out. Some fucking, yeah. some night like the two of us are off. We'll do something on a, on a Monday night or a Tuesday night or something. Yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. Because I mean, at the you end know. of the day, if everyone's going to bed at eleven, we'll figure something out. Yeah, well, f- yeah, we'll finish up at fucking eleven. We'll do like seven till eleven or something like that. You know? Can we pl- can we play a little bit if you don't see the sign? Fuck yeah, we can. I want to tell it's people. At the end of the playlist. Yeah, thing. I want to tell on, people um, that they can go to patreon.com forward slash Lost Art Podcast if you want to support us. Uh, it's five quid a month to get you access to years worth of exclusive podcasts and videos. It also has the fifteen months. We're to lockdown DJing that we do on every single Saturday night where That's we, true. we bared our souls to us and uh, could probably be held against us in I'll, a court t- of I'll law. tell you, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I'll tell you why <laughs> that is worth it for a fiver. We said some things in there we forgot to take out and we would love to take out. 100%. So for a fiver, you get to hunt them down like fucking Columbo. <laughs> I literally, I'm not going to lie to you, right? Whenever you we said some shit. Uh, 100%. That shocked me. You said some things that shocked, shocked like, me, man. It's like that. 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm fucking locked and I just fire open the Patreon. Like, I didn't ever listen yeah. to it. I but just, there, was, there, was, there was one particular moment regarding graveyards that you, oh, yeah, st- yeah. you, sil- you silenced the whole chat room and me. Yeah. yeah. And I won't go into it. For a fiver, <laughs> for a fiver you can hunt that down, lads. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, you don't want to go to our Patreon, you got the Kofi, the link is there in the text, you can uh, tip us for our work. Um, yeah, listen, we're not going anywhere. Last Art's still here. We've even done a live show on Saturday night. If you missed it, 
sickener because whoever was doing the doing the uh, AV for us forgot to press record, so we can't put it up on our Patreon. That's for the um, best. It might be for the best. I was locked, lepping around. I f- I'm still feeling it today. Um, fucking neck and back, me pussy and me crack. I just in bits. <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't have said that, I was gonna jump in. <laughs> They're just in bits. Um, since the other night, honest to God, the aching. I keep forgetting that I'm forty and I have a lot of gargle. I'm like, you, oh, can, man. you can do it, Cummins. Um, and I'm just we can't sore. even sneeze properly anymore dude I fucking put me back out washing my hair the other day um, <laughs> last week I swear to god I no, I washed my hair and I got out of the shower and I was drying myself and I reached up to just run the fucking because my hair's kind of a little bit long now and letting it go and uh, so you can't just walk around Soda. anymore you just have to like give it a rub with the towel but when I reached up with the two hands and just touched my head with the towel and something went poing in my fucking back and uh, it was killing me for days afterwards, man. I'd still a bit sore. And then Saturday yeah. night, I started lepping around full of fucking, full of cans and uh, damaged it again. No good. Start to be, I don't need nobody. Anyway, we're going to play a little bit of uh, You Don't See yeah. the Science. Uh, we're not going to play the original. Mix. but The original is like this lovely little hip hop song. But when mm. we heard this version of it, boy, yeah, Grant Nicholson feeder, me and you got this like you see we had loads of catching up to do when we first met of yeah. all the stuff we experienced and this is one of the songs we heard when we were young and uh this actually could be one of our favorite remixes that is bigger than the original it's but it's gone on this one it's bananas right see us in a week or two Cause you don't see the signs 